Well, having crossed to the other side of the sea, opposite Galilee, into Gentile territory, they step out of the boat, and immediately Jesus is confronted by a person with unclean spirits. Described as one whose family and community could not restrain with shackles and chains, and who spent time among the graveyards. Kind of like some of the homeless in our community who live on the edges of our town. Today, we recognize this one as disturbed with some sort of mental illness. But Jesus recognizes this human being as worthy of love and respect, speaks to the demons and charges them to leave and let this person alone. Tradition calls this an exorcism, but I I suspect that you haven't heard too many sermons about exorcisms or have held too many rites of that sort in your town, nor do Presbyterians, in my tradition, uh, we don't get into that so much. But since the Enlightenment, Protestant Christians tend to follow the science and pay attention to the systems, the public policies, the social norms, which stress and cause torment and and even may lead to mental illness. Mental illness, maybe it was schizophrenia, we don't know. Maybe that would be the diagnosis we see in this reading of the story. For years, people with such conditions were locked away in sanitariums. Kalamazoo has a historic psychiatric hospital up on the hill. But the laws changed back in the 1960s, and hospitals such as that could no longer restrain people unless there was a very good reason. And the North Presbyterian Church recognized a human and community crisis at the time. And as these patients were released into the society with no support, they were instrumental in establishing ministry with community, providing meals and support for the poor, many of whom struggled with mental illness. And they initiated the togetherness program for those living with mental illnesses. And this program has provided safe, nurturing, and a loving space for struggling people to be together in community. And some of them became core members of the North Congregation, who treated them with respect and dignity as Jesus did this suffering one in this story. And I thank you for giving North Congregation, North Church, a small and faithful congregation of a space here in your chapel. Thank you. Jesus asked, what's your name? My name is Legion. 
Now the word legion is borrowed from the Latin and refers to an army of four to 6,000 soldiers. And some commentators of this story point to that this story might be a little bit overblown. It was a story maybe told to confront the oppressive Roman legions, the Roman empire, which had occupied their land. They couldn't speak out against Rome directly, so this story may be an indirect way of pressing and telling the good news coming into the world, coming into that culture. Jesus confronts not just one unclean demon here, if you even take the story literally, but a legion of Satan's troops embodied in this one person. Today in America, the richest nation we'd like to call ourselves, homeless encampments abound. Mental illnesses, people suffering with addictions, post-traumatic stress, domestic violence, social harassment, racial profiling, anxiety and depression are pandemic. Enough to drive anyone a little crazy. And the number of those living with autism has skyrocketed for whatever reason in this last generation. If you sit and listen to people's stories, the traumas, the heartaches they've experienced, the forces which have taken hold of them are legion. War veterans touched by the horrors of combat. War refugees, climate crisis refugees forced from their homes and their homelands. Women abused by partners, harassed by colleagues, sometimes raped by acquaintances. People of color living with generational trauma of oppressive policies and microaggressions. Children, teens, athletes molested by fathers, priests, pastors, coaches, doctors. Live with deep emotional wounds long into their adulthoods. Parents working multiple low-paying jobs to make ends meet at the expense of their health, their children's nurturing needs. Families evicted from their homes when one thing goes wrong, an illness, a traffic ticket, a cash bail they can't afford while waiting for a trial. Not fitting the gender norms of society, living a false life hiding in the closet. The causes of mental distress are surely complex and legion, but these are enough to drive anyone a little crazy. The unclean spirits, demons, which the Apostle Paul and then M. Scott Peck calls principalities and powers or what I see as oppressive social systems, policies, and norms at work today are legion. 
and they feed off of each other. Social justice advocates today are recognizing and are pointing out the intersectionality of racism, sexism, classism. And the common denominator with them all, power and control. Kind of think of the Romans in Palestine in that era of the story. Power and control exerted by a few over the many for their self-interests. A zero-sum worldview where one to be blessed, someone else has to suffer. That, my friends, is the demonic possessed hell at work in America today. Their name is Legion. And Jesus calls them out and expels them into a herd of pigs. When the townspeople show up to see what happened to their pigs, they find the local crazy person clothed and in right mind, sitting with Jesus. And then they become afraid and then angry because those 2,000 pigs, their food source and economic security were lost to them, drowned in the sea. Kind of sounds to me like the cry of the business owners at any talk of paying their employees a living wage. Sounds to me like the fossil fuel industry's fear of, of any talk of going fossil free. Sounds to me like the American Medical Association's resistance to universal medical care. Or, should I dare say it, in the, our community, or the pharmaceutical industry's resistance to price controls. Sounds to me like Simone Biles' corporate sponsors, sponsors at the last Olympics when she chose to step away when she knew that she was not right. People get afraid and angry when their livelihood is put into jeopardy. Jesus, on the other hand, crosses over the sea into Gentile territory with his band of followers, sees a human being worthy of love and respect and sends the demons packing. Now this is good news for those who embody the nightmarish outcomes of interconnected systems of oppression, who can now sit clothed in their right minds and enter into a bit, a taste of shalom. And it's received as bad news or the owners of those pigs. When they learned what had happened to the pigs, they began, quote, to beg Jesus to part from their neighborhood. For like the unclean demons at the beginning of the story, Jesus' presence pained them. And Christ-like actions today in our body politic 
are paining a lot of people. Body of Christ, church, we must engage detrimental policies and systems of oppression like Jesus. They are, there are so many illnesses, disabilities embodied today in the lives of people, but I have been personally engaged with those living on the autism spectrum. I was introduced to autism and anxiety disorders by my daughter. Uh, she wasn't diagnosed uh, as being on the spectrum until, uh, well, almost after she finished college. But although smart having an associate's degree from KBCC, her employment search became futile after many failed attempts, even with the support of the supporting network of people who help people with disabilities get a job. Finally, a friend suggested the ACORN community, an organization which just uh, got started up uh, 10 or 11 years ago, an organization which provides agricultural farm-based programming for adults with developmental disabilities, what we now call alternately abled, who have aged out of the educational support systems which have been mandated over the years. So for the past nine years, she has worked on ACORN's program staff, and she has never been more at ease, more accepted, or better understood. The name ACORN stands for Adult Agricultural Community Option for Residential Needs. And we began with, with the program. We are still dreaming and envisioning providing residences on the farm for people in this condition. Acorn owns and operates a 40-acre farm near Scotts. We purchased it from part of the larger farm of Tillers Inter International. If you're familiar with Tillers, we are their neighbors and partners with them. Acorn raises goats and chickens and pigs and sometimes rabbits. We have birds and a couple kittens. They have a garden and raise vegetables, herbs, and flowers, and they sell soap made from goat's milk and the eggs and the herbs and dry soup mixes. And so in the wintertime, they do a lot of cottage industries. They make flower arrangements and take them to nursing homes. And since my retirement, I've volunteered at Acorn Farm, and I serve on the board of directors. Yesterday, I was out there for a volunteer workday, digging trenches to put a water line into the garden and to our greenhouse, which is being refurbished. Cindy Seamark, Acorn's co-founder and board president and author of the book, They All Grow Up, a memoir of her raising and, and her life with her son, Jeremiah, is here today. And Cindy, would you wave your hand and recognize yourself? Thank you for your, your service. 
And so following the service, I assume there's a fellowship time. Please engage Cindy and me about ACORN. We have our annual fundraiser and auction at the Girl Scout Center this coming Saturday night. And we're always looking for new partners and volunteers and supports. As I read the story of the Gerizine demoniac, now through the lens of my experience with my daughter and with Acorn, it hit me pretty strongly that the larger community, society, and culture which led to the man's insanity needed transformed with God's values of compassion, acceptance, and inclusion demonstrated by the North Church, by ACORN, and as I understand it, as you give witness in this community. Society judges a person's worth by how well they conform to the norms of society. People who are different tend to threaten and scare. And when they don't help our bottom line profit, they are typically forgotten and relegated to the margins of society, homeless camps, prisons, and closets. Naoki Higashida was diagnosed with autism at the age of five. In his first book, The Reason I Jump, he written when he was an, just an adolescent, responds to the question, would you like to be normal? He writes, even if somebody developed a medicine to cure autism, I might well choose to say as I am. Why? I've learned that every human being with or without disabilities needs to strive to do their best and by striving for happiness, you can arrive at happiness. For us, you see, having autism is normal. So we can't know for sure what your normal is even like. But so long as we can learn to love ourselves, I'm not sure how much it matters whether we're normal or autistic. Naoki is now a noted author, spokesperson for those with autism, author of another book, and yet, amazingly, he is nonverbal. And like Jesus, who taught difficult lessons with stories. I'll close with the story Naoki tells. There was once a black crow who liked a certain song called The Seven Little Crows, which began, crow, 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 why do you call? Except in this song, crows in the story are bullies and villains who everyone hates. This troubled the black crow who would ask himself, how come it's always the crows who are the bad guys? One day, a white dove who had lost her way met the black crow and she asked, where does this path go? And then the white dove stared down at the ground looking lonely. 
The black crow wondered what was wrong and asked, what's the matter? On the point of tears, the white dove said, I've been searching for the path to happiness for a long, long time, but I can't seem to find it anywhere. And I'm supposed to be the bird of peace. The black crow was surprised to learn that even a bird as beautiful as and as loved by everyone as the white dove, nonetheless had deep problems to worry about. His answer was this, but all paths are one connected path. The white dove looked taken aback by this unexpected answer, but after a time she smiled. How about that? So the path I've been searching for all this time is the path I'm already on? In excellent spirits, the white dove flew off up into the blue sky. And then the black crow, too, turned his head skyward, then flapped his wings vigorously and flew, and away he flew. And the black crow looked no less perfect against the blue, deep blue, than the white dove. Amen.